Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a show to help high performers improve their health and well-being. This is an excerpt from my conversation with Dr. Brendan Stubbs, a leading academic researcher in the link between mental health and exercise. The link to the full episode is in the description. Aerobic training is, 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 you know, we know that's very good for our heart. We know it's very good for our metabolic health. And we know that our metabolic health is very related to our brain health. And when we do aerobic training is we see, you know, like a, a, you know, an acute sort of shock happening within the brain in terms of like a good shock and a, a release of key neurotransmitters and stimulations within you know, the hippocampus, for instance, is, is primarily targeted, the anterior cingular cortex, which I mentioned previously, and general sort of brain health, whereas resistance training, we're starting to see that you know it can have you know wide benefits for overall brain health, but it can also reduce the risk of things, what we call white matter hyperintensities. And these are just sort of like some, you know, in simple terms of like scarring or a bit of wear and tear within the brain, which is just a bit of sign of brain aging. And we think that resistance training from some of the work we've done in the UK Biobank is particularly good for reducing the risk or the buildup of these white matter hyperintensities over time. Wow. Okay. I'm just writing that down because white matter is something I've been reading a lot about recently. I mentioned in the beginning, obviously you've done so much research in this area and one that really drew my attention when I was kind of looking at today's things we we're going to talk about which was very hard to narrow down was if exercise can actually make us smarter and I know that you carried out a trial with ASIC recently and you, it was on Amazon Prime and I found this really really fascinating actually looking at how can exercise help support our cognitive functioning and maybe reduce cognitive decline. So can you talk a little bit about the trial that you did and the outcome? Because there was actually a real significant benefit that you found, which I found really interesting. And how did it matter in terms of resistance training versus aerobic exercise? We've known sort of generally that, that, that exercise is very good for your brain health. And you know, people, for instance, who do exercise in the morning or continue to exercise tend to feel sort of sharper, um, sort of have better clarity of thought throughout the day and, you know, sort of able to sort of problem solve, etc. more clearly. You know, it's kind of like kickstarting your brain in the morning, for instance, or, or doing it later on in the day because it's, you know, it's really sort of like a, a good exercise for the brain. So, you know, but of course, it's not mutually exclusive. Some people who don't engage in regular exercise or physical activity have equally good sort of brain function. But for those, you know, who do it, you tend to see this, you know, boost for people. But we were really interested in the particular of this Mind Games uh, documentary is what happens to people who never exercise and what happens to people who are functioning sort of at a really high cognitive level. So we included within this context of people who weren't engaged in regular exercise for at least the previous six months and who were sort of functioning really well within a specific mind game such as chess, um, like we had some speed cubers and then some like esports players as well. I wanted to see, you know, if these exceptional people who were all competing at least at a national and most at an international level from over twenty one countries around the world. If we gave people a structured, personalized exercise program over four months, introducing people to exercise for the first time, many forever, you know, since they're a child, what what could we do for their cognitive function? We measured cognitive function through various objective cognitive tests. And essentially what we found is great global improvements from when we started to when we finished over four months for people and in various sort of improvements in various subdomains such as problem solving, you know, reaction times and um so we see some really beneficial improvements, but people also had you know much more improvements in well-being, you know, in the calmness, confidence, less anxiety, and many of these other factors too. So we were able to sort of demonstrate that yes, you can you know sharpen the brightest minds with exercise. And people who are listening to this, I'm sure that you know 
lots of my listeners engage in quite a lot of physical activity. But do you think this will still be quite beneficial for those who maybe are exercising? I think it's something that obviously these people, this kind of cohort that you studied, as you said, weren't engaging in exercise. So we're probably seeing a real uplift. But actually it's showing that you know, getting away from your desk or trying to engage in that morning's exercise is actually really important for high performers or individuals that do actually have quite an, an intense job. Because sometimes I think we might put that as the last thing that's important to our work. But actually what I'm kind of reading from your research is actually it's really important to try and make time for this. Yeah, it's kind of like for people who are you know, already functioning at a very high level, perhaps people who are functioning very high level at, you know, at work or in, in other areas. It's just like the best MOT that you can give your brain and your function. It really helps you sort of de- declutter within your brain, helps sort of things organize and within the brain and almost like a release valve. We're on sort of high alert within our jobs, our roles, you know, responsibilities, busy lives. Then exercise is, is really like a de-stressing mechanism for the brain. And helps sort of turn the gas down and turn the volume down for people who are very sort of high functioning and just release at the end of exercise and just helps everything come down decompress you know and sort of sort and file everything out within the brain because we need to sort of make sense of everything that's happening with, uh, within the brain so yes it can improve function and yes it can help improve relaxation we all want to maximize brain health over the course of our lives um, and we know from like like lancet global dementia reports and other things is that physical activity and exercises is one of the key modifiable risk factors to preserve lifelong brain health. And, you know, this is really important that we're sort of doing this across the lifespan because, yes, we want to function really well today. We want to, you know, have great attention, great focus. We want to be our best. And we know that the brain and how we feel is variable. But on average, if we keep doing that, on average, we will be better. But, yes, we want to preserve our brain function for more than the future. And the time to maximise our brain function for tomorrow or down the line is today. And sort of one of the interesting trials that we're doing at the moment is looking at people who, you know, are 45 to 60 who don't have any objective cognitive deficits. So if we do objective tests and test people's cognition, we don't find any deficit, but they are starting to have, you know, starting to feel some sort of like brain fog or self-report that they're not quite as sharp as they once were. And we know that if we want to preserve cognitive, we want to turn this around so it doesn't become an objective deficit. The time to do that is when people are just starting to report some symptoms. And we, we, we're doing that in a randomized trial with uh, aerobic and resistance training at King's. And we're looking at can we stimulate you know, hippocampus neurogenesis? And then we're looking at the role of the gut microbiome and stool samples with that too. And I think that's one of the exciting studies that we're doing also. Thanks so much for listening. To hear the full episode, there's a link in the description.